You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. This episode is brought to you by Our Companions. Once touted as the solution to the age-old challenge of proper group makeup, i.e. getting a healer, Companions are slowly finding themselves sidelined to solo play, or as errand boys. Let's raise a glass to a kinder, more inclusive time when companions were more than targets of seduction or minions working tirelessly to advance our crew skills. Alas, poor companions, we hardly knew ye. Damn it, Baudar! You forgot to pick up the milk again. Hi, and welcome to Corellian One Radio. This is episode 19, and we're recording on Sunday, March 20th, 2011. I'm Carla, and with me today is Kathy. Hey there. And Roxanne. Hey, guys. And our very special guest, Larry Everett with Massively. Hey, how's it going? All right. I want to see how everybody's week is. How was your week, Kathy? Uh, it was good. I just had to spend time recovering from PAX and trying to get everything together for our videos and interviews and all that kind of stuff. But it feels good to be feels good to be at the end of the week and starting to get control of my life again. <laughs> I bet so. Y'all came away with a lot of good stuff. I was so jealous. I wanted to be there so bad. Yeah, it was mostly just lots of fun. <laughs> well, I know what Roxanne's been doing. Roxanne, tell us what your week's been like. Oh, um, well, I've kind of sort of been back at work, but mostly, like, I've been obsessively checking the Twitter feed and seeing what everyone's, like, PAX uh, uh, coverage has been like. And I've been trying to get um, our interviews and videos together and uh, post them to the site, so that's what I've been doing. Yeah, if people have not seen the awesome job that you've done on the videos <laughs> and the very professional bumper that you did for us. You did that on your own. Awesome, yep. awesome, awesome job. Loved it. After Effects for the win. Oh, yeah, thank I'm you. I'm telling you, thank you, you did a great job. Larry, what's your <laughs> week been like? Uh, extremely busy. I've been working on different writing projects, and mostly from PAX, and uh, then uh, trying to catch on, up on some sleep this weekend. That's I what bet. I've been doing. Yep. Amen. Yeah. I bet. I bet y'all didn't get much sleep over the weekend. No, no. Uh, parties and drinking uh, don't go <laughs> well with sleep. Yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I haven't been doing too much except catching up on all of the, the news coming out of PAX. I mean, we have just been barraged by every fan site out there, and I love all the work that everybody has done and all the interviews. And. I just feel like it was Christmas, you know, because there was so much wonderful stuff. And I love the the videos of the meet and greets that showed people's faces and who they were and what fan sites they were with. I think that was probably one of my favorites. Because oh, yeah, the tour syndicate. Yeah, the tour syndicate great. did a great job of, of going to the meet and greet and, and you know, putting names and, to faces and 
I thought it was just great because you only usually hear people's voices. You don't get to, to put, you know, see what they really look like. And I thought that was really cool. Great job, Tour Syndicate. Okay, well, I believe that takes us to our host challenge. Fact. You know it to be true. Or fiction. That's impossible. I'm going to read three bits of information or leads on the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed. Only one will be a fact confirmed by BioWare. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Are you ready? Okay, team. <laughs> all right. Do we all have to pick one of our own, or can we, you know? No, we, no, we can You can confirm. pick whichever you want. All right. <laughs> or you can discuss it, whichever. All right, lead number one. It was announced at PAX that the space combat changed and is no longer a separate game on rails, but free-flying combat. Lead number two. Daniel Erickson confirmed that, that Miraluka will be a playable race by both Jedi classes. Lead number three. Damien Schubert announced that you will have the ability to fire on idiots in your faction or opposing faction. Fire away! <laughs> okay, so after hearing all three leads, which one do you think is the confirmed fact? Oh, I know this one. I think I know it's too. Number, yeah, it's number two, right? The yeah, uh, the Miraluka can be played by Jedi Counselor. Yeah, but I was I wishing for all for one and three. <laughs> all of them would have been great. All of the above would have been really cool to say. Right. So I think that was was that from like a Dev Tracker post? That was correct. That was okay, correct. Yeah. He just kind of like popped in and stuck it in there. <laughs> All right, good. Yay. Good job. Go yay team. All right, so let's get on to the latest news in tour. From the Newsnet. And, and we All right. Well, it's been a while since we've done the regular show, so we need, kind of need to back up a little bit and catch up. Um, there was actually a Wednesday update right before PAX, and they talked about the guilds, the pre, specifically the pre-launch guild program, and they did lots of updates on the website and have lots of information about how you can register your guild. The I guess the the cool thing is that I don't is that this is the first time an MMO has done this pre-launch register. Isn't that right? I think so. At least that, to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, at least not. Uh, they, they, there has been some that have had like uh, you know uh, websites and, or the, like on their forums and such where they encourage mm -hmm. uh, encourage guild growth and and uh, getting together. But this is the first one, actually, that I can think of that it has actually even had like their own personal guild forums within the guild site or excuse me within the game site. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, pretty complex. I mean, you have you pick your guild name. You have you can have people you put them on the roster, and yeah, you get your little own forums. And I think are some of them public and some of them are private. Yeah, Perhaps. you get at least yeah, you get like? one uh, private forum and one uh, pu public forum, which is you know to be honest, that's uh, I, I've set up games game forums in the past where uh, I would give specific guilds. Uh, their own space, and that's what I would give them. I'd give them one public, one private, and there they go, and they're off to go, and that's all they really needed, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's awesome that they yeah. 
it's terrific that that you know that all that stuff is being and it's done for you you know yeah. they just do it for you and you know it's very little effort on you know the guild leaders part to, to organize it so yeah so right now we're in phase one there are gonna be three phases and the phase one is the formation where you can go and you know you pick your name and you t and you say what kind of guild you want to be and then I guess the, now, then they, that throws you into their database where people can search for you either by your name or by type or faction or that or maybe a, a guild member even um, so I really like this because, do you, I mean, remember what a pain in the butt it was when we start, we formed that little World of Warcraft guild with Moss Eisley Radio? I mean, it took us forever to get those 10 stupid signatures. And, you know, I had to, like, we, could, we couldn't do it until someone got out of the starting lands and then, you know, somebody had to meet me at the dock and we finally were able to get, get the people together. And, you know, it was days before, because we're such a small guild, it was days before we we're able to get the guild up and running. I really like this way. It's, it's, you know, you just do it and it's there. I'm going to play the devil's advocate because while I think it's a wonderful system that they're starting, I think it needs a lot of work and maybe not so much a lot of work, but this is perfect for very small guilds to get started. And they don't want to have to ask a bunch of questions and, and they want to just, be able to get up and go and and be ready and there's their guild and when you know it comes time to push it forward to a server it's all done for them but for a larger guild I think that it it, it needs more work for example the questions um, most of the guilds that are established guilds that I'm aware of have their own website, have their own forums, and have their own membership criteria. Unfortunately, with this type of system, we all are asked the same basic questions, you know, what you know, MMO experience you have. I'm, I'm just kind of picking these off the top of my head because I don't remember the exact, but there's only like four questions. And then you click join the guild. Okay, mm -hmm. and it doesn't take into consideration that larger guilds have different questions, and there's no place in there for people to, uh, and I'll say put it in other comments, to put, you know, what's your forum name on your own guild website. Um, for example, if I had the name you know, Taj Mahal on my guild website, and Taj Mahal was taken on the, the tour website, I could not, and I couldn't get it, then it's going to be different, and trying to mix match those people, and find out, are they legitimately a, an existing guild member, or are they somebody that's new that's coming in, it's, it's a very confusing process for larger guilds to try to manage. Right, so for guilds that are already formed before they come to this page, then there's stuff on there that's not or there isn't stuff on there to help them out is that what that you're is saying? that is exactly what i'm saying there's no place to edit the questions that you want asked specifically for your guild you know mm -hmm. let's say that you know like everybody knows that i'm a member of the old timers guild and we have a like a minimum age of 25 years old to be able to join our guild nowhere on there does it ask that question and it's 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 very very hard to to try to say you know there's no way for us to say that you know there's nowhere for us to put that as a criteria and it's also very hard for us to try to mix match people have you already registered on our forums and applied to the guild or have you 
are you brand new and just wanting to join us because you know you heard about us right well yeah it sounds like that's something that you'd have to handle with your in on your own private forums before you let anyone come to the to the official but i'm just and, saying and that that's just but, yeah. one small thing that, well you know. and then while we're talking about it i mean there is a 500 player minimum which is a problem for a guild like old timers right 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 that's gonna I, be I, I, th I, I don't think honestly that that this tool is meant for the larger guilds at all i i think the larger uh, guilds yeah. are, are going to f are going to find their own space you know outside out, you know, outside the 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 standard forum, I think those those guilds are already in place to, you know, they've already got their their forums and things, and that that's not who this is for. This is for, you know, uh, oh, I don't have time to set up my own website. I don't have or I don't have the membership necessarily to um, to warrant something larger than than what what they're giving. This is this is for the. The smaller guilds, the more casual—I I don't want to say casual because casual doesn't necessarily mean small—but you know, one <laughs> one that doesn't that they don't have time to to deal with, you know, having their own website. But and that kind is of thing. it? Because if you look at what is going to happen in phase three, how we're going to be assigned a server, and what I kind of think that they're doing with this whole thing, which kind of excites me, is if they're planning on how many servers are going to need and they're trying to anticipate launch by getting everyone to register and do what they're talking about doing with guilds, then it is made for guilds that are larger because those are the most important ones that they need to know where they need to place them so that a server doesn't become unbalanced in, right. in a major way. Well, yeah, you know, I, I you know the, the thing is though, servers are going to become unbalanced anyway. I mean, let's get of real. course there's they nothing, are. There's nothing they're going, they're going to be able to do that that's going to uh, going to effectively <laughs> balance the server. Everything everybody's going to go where they want to go, no matter what kind of system that they put in place. And so th this this system is just a it's just another tool. Uh, not it's not it's not for I don't. Uh, to a little extent, you know, into uh, judging server populations and judging how much needs to be needs to be made, you know, how how many servers that they need. Uh, it's a little bit in, into judging that, but to be honest, I don't I don't believe that this is really a large tool for Bioware. I really think it's a tool for for the public. That's an interesting perspective because I thought yeah, I was almost for for both. Yeah, I was almost thinking this could at least give them a rough idea of uh, how many people are going to be starting the game. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely, it'll definitely be... do that. I, I definitely believe it'll do that, but I don't believe that it is spe specifically geared towards that. I think it's really more of a, uh, a public thing. I don't think it's as much a Bioware thing in the sense that they're not going to be able to control where people are going to go. They're not going to, you know, it's everybody's going to end up balancing themselves. It, if they're if they are trying to do that, I think, I, I think that they, they, if they are trying to do that, I think they're trying to do too much, and they'll they'll just find it doesn't it doesn't it won't work. Well, I mean, when you're saying, I mean, what about this idea of controlling where you go? I mean, I don't really see a a mechanism for you to choose a server before launch. You, no, you can't. No, before launch, uh, you there isn't a, a, a mechanism to choose that. It'll have to be after launch, and 
you know. To... So do you think like some of the big guilds might just wait? <laughs> it's like let's figure out where we're going to go and not let Bioware choose it for us. Honestly, yeah, I think I think some will. No, I don't think I think they'll sign up and get their name out there and and that kind of thing. Uh, although I think ultimately it's going to end up being the player that chooses what server they're on. Uh, although by I think and 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 the, what it sounds like is that Bioware is going to just give it as a this is your suggested server. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I and I I think that's great. I think that I think that shows initiative on Bio, Bioware's part, especially the 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 community team that you know what we're going to do our best to make this the best experience for you. So here is our suggestion for you. This is where we think it uh you will fit best although ultimately it's going to be up to the player yeah i hope so i mean one of the things that i was wondering it's like well what happens if i don't join a guild and i'm just a player but i want to play with a friend who i know is in another guild am i going to be able to somehow get onto that server if i sign up individually am i going to have to wait until launch or blah 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 Uh, i don't i don't think so i haven't heard from all i've uh, all i've seen everything everything that's been said to me and and, and such is that it's going to be up to the individual to decide where they go. Uh, although, mm-hmm. you know, your friends are over here, you might want to consider going over here. Or this guild is going to go this direction, and if you're part of that guild, you might want to consider joining this, you know. Right, right. So, look, but what if you have, like, friends who are kind of spread over a few different guilds, and now everyone, God knows where anyone else is going to end up. Right. So, yeah, I just feel like... Well, I mean, they're going to answer all these questions eventually, I yeah. guess. But yes, I I see some I see some issues. Where, well, and any time you try to take control away from the player to make these kind of choices, there are people that are going to be either upset or just a little bit worried about how it's actually going to come down. Well, I have to say, I'm a little worried. You know, I'm a little worried because of the the sheer volume and and the way they talk about. Um, alignment and aligning with your allies and or friends you know it, it I mean they they talk about these that in these different phases I think that I probably took them too literally you know because I thought okay by reading all of this it sounds like they're really trying to guide people not suggest but actually guide those Mm -hmm. guilds and or allies to hurry up get on this bandwagon so that they can have a better planning and and when i say they i mean bioware can can have better numbers can see where people are wanting to be and who they want to be allied with and try to get them guided in the right direction but it, I think it even said on one of these that um, you did not have to be in a guild, but you would have to wait until release before, you know, you could choose your server or something. Um, they're just talking about yeah. automatically importing your guild yeah, on that's your particular server. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As yeah. soon as the, you'll, get an, you'll get an email and it'll say, hey, we're, you know, we're 
we're in, we're getting ready to import i think is what happens and then and then they just do it right. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't sound like you have you're just gonna have to you know let the chips fall where they may um and in fact like the, the disclaimer that and well let's cut back to the alliances and adversaries i think that's cool you can you can specify guilds from your faction or the opposite faction that you want to be on the same server as um but they keep saying like there's there's this little sentence that keeps getting repeated over and over again on these pages as we will make reasonable efforts to ensure that qualifying guilds are imported into a server that meets your specified preferences, but we cannot make any guarantees given the anticipated volume of guilds, among other factors. So there are all server placements therefore remain in our sole discretion. And yet it's like, yeah, when you when you start hearing language like that, it just automatically makes you go, uh oh. Well, that's <laughs> the first thing it what did am to I getting me myself was into? I go, oh, yeah, well, let, let's get real. They're not going to stop some if, if a guild decides that they don't want to be on the server that they that they have has been suggested to them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's going to stop them, uh, stop that guild from going on whatever server they want. Agree. Yeah, that's true. They could just like get out and yeah. start again. I mean, they, 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 really they get just going. yeah, exactly. They don't have to. Uh, although Bioware's whole you know, set up in whatever whatever is uh, involved in the preset uh, preset up. Um, they that will not happen, obviously, if you choose to go to a different server. But no, there's nothing that's going to stop a guild from going to whatever server they want. It's just that yeah, and for you know, it's Bioware's suggestion. Let's get real. right. It's and just for a really small suggestion. Go ahead. yeah, for small guilds, it's not a big deal for. 30, 50, even 100 people to move, but like for something like Carla's Guild, where it's like probably you're going to have several 500 guild <laughs> or member guilds, right? right? It'll be more of an issue if suddenly like yeah. 1,500 people want to move to this other server, so yeah, that's it's well, interesting. Yeah, it, it'll be, I mean it, you guys obviously communicate outside of Bioware's little forum thing that you, mm-hmm. you guys have, so you know, it's that's what it's going to that's ultimately what's going to decide where a guild is. Now, if you follow Bioware's suggestion, I'm sure that I'm sure that they have good reason why they make the suggestions that they are. I'm not, I don't think that it's in the, there will ever be any kind of oh well, we just don't feel like this guild belongs here, and we'll just flip a coin and oh, they're going over here now. I don't think it's well, ever going to be that. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, what I can only think of one reason that they would try to steer you, and that would be server population. Can you yeah. think of another reason why they would try to steer you somewhere else? Well, it's all. I, I think it all boils down to to server population. Um, okay. In, in, but there's different aspects of server population. I mean, are, is it you know is it faction balancing? Because if you're a PvP centric guild, uh, you're going to want a faction balanced ser- server, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. d- you know definitely want to to. Uh, focus on that, and uh, where, and you know, is it RP? If you, if you're an RP guild, you know, you're going to definitely want a uh, a higher population. I, I mean, from my experience with RP, is that the more people that are that are conglomerated together, the better the the role play is, and right. so you're going to definitely want that. Whereas if you're a PVE guild. Um, your biggest concern is going to be, you know, am I going to be able to find enough people for a raid? Right, right. Well, yes, and I assume we're not going to ever have a situation where you have a PV, PvP guild and they get dumped in a PvE server. Right, That would be right. just terrible. Well, there's, there, you don't have to worry so much. Let's, For instance, with a PvE guild, you're not, you don't have to necessarily worry so much about, you know, is there enough Imperials for me to go 
fight because you're fighting NPCs the whole time. Right, right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, who's already signed up for guild? I know you're an old timers guild, right, Carla? Yep. How about you? How about you, Larry? Uh, I created a guild, but um, that was only just to test things out, and I have not actually started a guild or, or joined a guild or anything like that yet. Do you have, do you have plans? Or are you considering your options? I'm considering my options. I've actually had uh, a couple of people uh, approach me uh, about joining mm-hmm. a guild. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure because I'm. I'm quite. I, I'm really a, a different player. I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to strap myself down. Uh, in the, in the sense that uh, I like to. Uh, sometimes I like to role play. Sometimes I like to PvP. Sometimes I like to uh, PVE. You know. Um, so. Right. And and I also like to switch factions a lot. I'm. If if anybody's played uh, SWG with me, they know that uh, I like to switch factions a lot, and, okay. and so I'll switch. And I'm also I'm also a very huge altaholic. Um. I was gonna <laughs> just gonna ask. Uh, that sounds like the characteristics of an altaholic. Absolutely, yes. I can appreciate that. Yeah, I'm very much an altaholic. I, I I will I will definitely have two public characters that I play on. I'll, pl- I'll probably play a uh, smuggler and a. Uh, and a Jedi Knight, I'm thinking. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll definitely have Imperial characters, and I'll have, uh, you know, I'll have a, a, I'll have a trooper character, I'm sure. But, cool. uh, right, I know. Yeah. What about you, Kathy? Yeah, well, I Moss Eisley Radio started a guild, and I just went ahead, you know, I've gotten to know a lot of those people, uh, so I just went ahead and joined theirs. It's, it's I think it's pronounced Merc, M-E-R-C, uh, which is Kind of an acronym for Moss Eisley Radio Community. So that's where I am. Roxanne, how about you? Did you sign up for anything? <laughs> I'm going to join Larry's fake guild that he made for a test. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to find out the name of it first. <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> no, I haven't signed up for anything yet, but um, I might join or try to join the, the Merc guild just because, um, you know, playing with um, a lot of those people on WoW was really fun. Yeah, awesome. yeah, and a lot of those people, or several of those people, at any rate, are going to be the ones that they're in the they're good people. There too. Good yeah. people. Yeah, that'll be fun. So anyway, all right. All right. Well, that takes us up to the Friday update on the fate of the Galaxy trailer. We touched on that on our last podcast, and we're all excited about it actually being gameplay footage. And. Um, then we come to the Terrell 5 developer walkthrough by Dallas Dickinson. Anybody that has not seen all of the massive packs um, information and seen all of the stuff coming out of packs about Terrell 5, go watch this video. Awesome, yeah, awesome really video. I mean, that was very well done. Now, now, I liked did, it. Did you, did you notice in... Because uh, you... You, uh, Roxanne and uh, Kathy, you've both played it, right? Did you both play mm-hmm. it? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. D- did you notice that, that the video is a lot slower? The action in the, in the video is a lot slower than it is when you actually play it. Did you notice that oh, at all? Oh, no, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> go, go, watch the, go watch that video, and you'll notice that the that the action bars and the you know the ammo and all that stuff that the uh, that the the uh, players have it goes down so much slower. Than it actually oh, that's really did. interesting. Yeah, I, th- I don't think they were clicking as much <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as we actually did when we were playing it. Cause I, I well, noticed... I was going to say, 
Yeah, I noticed that I a couple times say, I do ran think, out of energy. Yeah. Do you think it was just like the adrenaline rush? I just felt like that when we were playing it, it was just like, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> but, uh, um, well, it's interesting if they if you're right, if it's actually slower on the video, because I felt like what that video was really good for was for people who maybe have never played an MMO or have seen yeah. it, because like, really, like, this is the basis of so how you work in yeah. a group. And I thought, oh, this is really well done. Um, I was surprised that there was a mini boss. I didn't realize that we had a mini boss. Did you know? I remember. That I recognized those mobs, but I was like, "Oh, <laughs> we just kind of like charged up to them the way we fought every other thing in the yeah. Interval." Yeah, actually, and I didn't then... notice it was a mini boss either. I was like, "Oh, that. Oh, yeah, cool. That was a mini boss. I didn't even." <laughs> yeah, even even uh, my Jedi Knight that was doing a very good job. Um, he actually. Uh, he actually didn't. He ran right up to that one, just like any other boss, and we, you know, or any other uh, uh, mob in the in the game. So I didn't really uh, didn't notice it either. Awesome. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and then the boss fight was different. So yeah. I'm glad uh, I didn't watch that video before we uh, did it because we would have died if we had followed yeah. that strategy. <laughs> were oh, really? they? Were Which, they? What strategy did you guys use? Well, the main strategy is the the well the one important thing is that they have to die at the same, the same time, time. Oh. right and in the video because they, they, they kill they yeah. kill the handler right. first and then they're just like oh by the way now Ripper is enraged so it's like super hard <laughs> right but it doesn't happen they get it down and he's like I mean it's a good I don't know maybe fifteen like a, seconds of fighting yeah. before he goes down again yeah. but yeah so that was I thought that was amazing well that's cool but, well Larry did you get a chance to play the open world. Uh, the, the, origin, world? Origin the origin, the world? origin worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I not at pa- well, not at PAX, uh, not at PAX East. I had actually played the origin worlds before on at PAX Prime, and cool. uh, but although I did look over the shoulders of of the players that were, and the, I, I was just I'm just uh, amazed at how different the graphics look from Prime really? to, to yeah. East. Oh, oh my gosh, oh, wow. just. Uh, mind blow, mind blowing. It's uh, it was almost like a different game. I, I've said it several times before, but yeah, it was almost like a different game, really. Yeah, well, it's almost like if you look at the the trailers that were coming out in the summer and what the trailers that have come out recently, there you can just see the difference between those two things. So yeah, yeah. the game, yeah, definitely. same same idea. <laughs> um, d- uh, oh, I wanted to ask you. Oh, so what did you think about the Terrell Five uh, Flashpoint? Did you feel it was in terms of difficulty what you were expecting or? Um. It, it it was what I was expecting for uh, for PAX. I, I think it was I, I think it was awesome. I mean, let, let me put that out there first. I think it was great. I think uh, I think they did an incredible job of presenting what uh, what the game has to offer to to people who maybe have never played an MMO before or or uh, or were you know were asking what do I expect from from a tour. Uh, I know that I know that uh, who sa- I forget who said it. Uh, I know that one of the devs said that uh, they did uh, nerf it just a little bit so everybody wasn't wiping immediately. <laughs> uh, did they? Yeah, somebody. Oh, boo! Yeah, they they did nerf it just a little bit, and uh, which is a good thing I think in general because quite frankly we would have really been bad in our pickup little pickup group if uh, if they hadn't nerfed it. Uh, but uh, in general, it's pretty straightforward for for a. Uh, for an MMO game, I think I, you know, I, it's exactly what I expected. It's what I want to see, um, and I look forward. Yeah, to I'm. It. Yeah, 
I'm really glad, actually, to hear you say that they nerfed it. Because remember, Roxanne, didn't we ask Daniel Erickson that specific well, question? Well, we didn't ask him. It? He just volunteered the information after we beat it. And he was like, this is, like, not, like, this is the difficulty that the actual game's going to be. And I was really against making it easier. So you guys, like, have played, like, the full game experience. And we were like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really terrific. Yeah. Well, so, because, yeah, you know, in the rush of everything, of course, it was great to win. And yeah. that was really exciting. But, like, after my my ardor cooled, I kind of sat back. It's like, you know what? I feel like we shouldn't have been able to blow through there so easily. Yeah. And that concerns me. <laughs> so, I although, guess, I know, mean, there were people who couldn't, who didn't complete it, though. So, like, I don't know well, what that means. I, I didn't complete it. Yeah. My group didn't complete it. We uh, we died three times on the end boss. Yeah. D- and let's see. And did you know the strategy when you did it? Uh, I I figured it out, <laughs> but apparently okay, so... not, apparently not everybody did in my group. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I think so read, I... read my call. Read my uh, assessment of it. I actually name who didn't. I know exactly who didn't figure it out and uh yeah it was quite evident and the, oh, the thing funny. is the thing is I could see uh who was targeting who because I was a healer so I knew exactly what everybody was doing so I kind of mm. had you know I kind of had an outside perspective of everything and so you know I'm I'm going to uh I'm going to assume that the the, the person that was uh making I'll, I'll say mistakes even though it's not really a mistake, really, when it comes down to it, is it a mistake? <laughs> uh, but the person that was making mistakes, uh, I, I'm going to assume that he hasn't ever played an MMO before. Hmm. Uh, well, I, yeah. yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's a you know, we're we're game journalists. That's what that's all who I was playing with, and I know Elliot uh, from Massively is the other person, one of the other people that played with me, and he knew what he was doing because you know he comes from MMOs. Uh, and right. and it was you know you slipped right into it. If you know how to play an MMO, you know how to play the Old Republic. If you don't know how to play an MMO, yeah, it's going to be a little difficult for you. And if you're uh, you know if you're a console gamer, possibly it, you know you're still considered uh, game journalist, even if you come from uh, console games. So it's very possible that if you're used to that, that you're not going to slip into this as easily. Well, yeah. Well, I'm a console because... gamer, and. Um... So was one of our other guys, but we just made sure that me and him, like, weren't in tanking or healing roles. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, well, he was. He was actually in an off tank role, and so awesome. therefore, so therefore, <laughs> we didn't do so well. Well, I, I just, I, it's interesting because I actually asked. Um, David Bass tweeted. I asked out on Twitter land, and David Bass tweeted that, you know, on the first day, twelve groups. Um, beat it the second day about 20 groups and then on the third day he said more than 20 and they weren't really counting as carefully anymore and i I really feel like that was probably like the first day people didn't really know what the strategy was but it's like by the time the third day rolled around everyone knew the bosses have to go at the same time the trooper should take the big guy and and the and the jedi knight should take the the captain because he has the blaster deflector so i really feel like once everyone understood what the strategy was the numbers went up so yeah um, that was that was interesting (laughs) um anyway well good that was uh I'm, I'm glad to hear, you know, and, 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 and you know, I'm not that worried, actually, because I know difficulty is something that would not, if they need to make it more difficult, I don't think it would be that hard to yeah, take it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, any, anything that we see uh, now, uh, you know, any convention up until, you know, release, difficulties are going to change. Because, I mean, the MMO designers, whenever they 
get one of the last things that they tweak, and they're constantly tweaking, is uh, is mob difficulty, even uh, right. even leveling progression for that matter is usually tweaked like right up until release. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah, so, anything right, we well, say good. like that is going to be subject to change. All right, well, let's move on to the um, the space combat demo, which they showed at. PAX East. It's it's one of those threads or one of those issues that's been interesting to follow because of course when it first came out there was a lot of complaining and and in the there's the space combat thread keeps getting renewed so every time they people vote you know first it was actually even though there was a lot of vocal complaining about the tunnel shooter nature of it when you looked at the poll like most people were pretty happy with it like a pretty significant margin and then like like before packs, like right before packs, that I looked at the poll again, and for the first time I noticed, like, oh, the people who are unhappy with it have finally overtaken the people who are happy with it. So now there's less, you know, they're not so happy with it. After the space combat demo came out, it flipped back to now more people are happy with it. So it's like one of wow. those things that keeps, fickle. yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> people are very fickle. And I think it just, you know, I think every time it go, hits the 1,000 posts, they yeah. they let you vote again. So I voted many times <laughs> recently. <laughs> and uh, and now I think it might be kind of neck and neck. I and voted I think the new, no. The new thread. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you, Carla, so have you changed change your mind? My you mind. Still... I, don't get me wrong. I liked what I saw on the space combat, but that's not what I want. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. changing my mind. <laughs> I just like, real quick, Carla, what like game, what like space uh, combat games, like, do you wish that it was more like? I don't think I want it like any other game, but I just want the freedom to move around on my own and not be tied down to one particular from point A to point B. Now, mm-hmm. Do you do you like uh, now? Do you like the look of it? Does I it, love does... the look of it. Okay. I love the look of it, and I have to admit this this space video was very very good. And if it's like that, that's cool. But I it's very hard for me to get past that. This is just a whole separate game. This is not part of the, the the actual game that I'm playing it, it's so, totally separate. If if it was say uh, it looks like it does, then with but with like f- say free form or, or free roaming um, sp- spaceships, would that be a little more of what you're looking for? As long as it's part of the game and not something totally separate and independent. In other words, I want it to be if if I want to fly to Tatooine. Uh, you know, I want to be able to fly to Tatooine and me guide my ship there, you know, and maybe get lost along the way or whatever. Right, so you want Amen. it to be incorporated into the whole, like, leveling and exactly. questing yeah. storyline. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't want it to be totally separate. To me, this is Star Wars. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be in space. We're supposed to be going out and and having space combat, not something that's totally separate. In fact, I want to get points for killing somebody out in space or uh, blowing away some... I think as far as like leveling is concerned, isn't uh, doesn't space combat count towards... Yeah, you get your experience yeah. for it. Yeah. Right, right. But I think Carla is meaning more something more, more something more meaningful in terms of like your quest to yeah. whatever, you know, like a quest chain and although there are quests and missions, I guess they call them. But, but I yeah, guess I, Carla, I you're just like the part that you don't like about it is that it's like uh it's a gameplay mechanic accessible like through a menu. 
right? Instead of just being able to to transfer like seamlessly between like walking on the ground and like flying in the air, exactly. right? I mean, I want to be able to go to my ship after mm-hmm. you know, or get up in the morning on my ship and say, okay, let's go see what space looks like over here in quadrant twelve hundred and forty-seven or whatever. And I can tell you what space looks like uh, in quadrant twelve hundred and forty-seven. It looks like um, stars. I know. It looks like nothing <laughs> because that's the problem. You know what I like, mean? In the, other words, yeah, or, or, there be right. specific quest. So the majority send me of spaces on some you know remote asteroid mm-hmm. or whatever to rescue so, somebody. So you, wait, wait, wait. So are are you thinking? That if you go to you go to somebody on the ground, and mm-hmm. they say, "I, you know what? There's a mining colony on this in, in this asteroid field mm-hmm. that needs help." And mm-hmm. that then you go into your ship and you go to that mining asteroid. Is that what you're, you're talking about? Well, they, 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 I think they kind of do that. But I, I, I'm on know. a rail. I can't go there oh, well, that's myself. <laughs> that's the other half. The okay, all right. So you need both. <laughs> it. You need both of it. it needs the, you need because they already have. The, I I think. That, that you get stuff from the ground that leads you into space already. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think they you got that do. already. Yeah, and, they probably uh, the, do. The thing is, the thing is, though, you can't. You don't specifically navigate yourself yeah. to that asteroid. Your ship navigates. No, it. even looking right. at this space combat video, all of a sudden you're in your ship and you're looking at a map and. Yeah. You're fixing to go to the place that needs your help that you apparently from the quest that you just got off the ground. And then poof, the next thing you see is you're yeah. you're you're um, mastering through an asteroid field. So I guess what uh my the comment that I have to that is that um I don't I'm not sure what like uh <laughs> like gameplay wise or narratively is gained from showing the journey from where you are to the asteroid field. Because I was just, if you think of like a film or, um, you know, like meme that we're more uh, familiar with, and like if someone has to go to the dentist, they would never show you driving your car from your house to the dentist just because there's no, there's no reason to. It's, and like, you know, but you use cuts to like condense time. Wars, they do. You they do not. Han Carla, they Solo don't. They <laughs> Millennium Falcon and Because if off. they did. Okay, just because if they did, Star Wars would be a 12-hour movie. Because it's a film, <laughs> they like, you know, they cut from one point of action to the next point of action, which is what the space combat thing does. It's like you're cutting out all the dead time between when, you know, when nothing is going on, right? I think it goes back to the whole role-playing aspect. Mm-hmm. If, and also character control. I want to control where my character goes and how it gets there. Whether mm-hmm. If I want to stop and pick flowers on some damn planet, I want to be able to do that between going to rescue these people. Of course, I would not do that, but you know what I mean. In other words, <laughs> I want it to be my choice. Get, uh, have, have any of you played Halo Reach? No. Um, there is... Well, no, but I've seen, I've seen what the you combat see, there looks like. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah, space yeah. combat in that. And it's it's third person, just like this is. Uh, very, you know, it's uh, very action oriented. You have a really small space that you can navigate in. But the thing is, it is it is uh, you can completely control exactly where you go. You control right. your ship. And I would I would love to have seen that versus this tunnel thing. 
That's yeah. the only thing that I have against it at all. I mean, I've if you, I don't know if any of you have played uh, Clone War Adventures, and where they have the <laughs> the uh, the uh, Starfighter mini game that they have. Uh, it's very similar to this, except this has better graphics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's very similar to it, and it's, but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun to do that. However, you know, uh, I you don't control where your ship goes, and it there's a, there's a um, in my in my opinion it, it it actually pulls you away from your character a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it gives you more of a uh, third person perspective whenever you aren't controlling your ship. But when you heard what um, Daniel Erickson, I believe it was him that said when he was narrating the the space combat uh, video, was that um, he said, and it, I had the sounds turned down, but if you if I had the sounds turned up, you would be hearing the companions and other members in your crew oh, yeah, talking cool. to you. And see, that's what I want to feel. I want to feel all of that, and I want to to do all of that, but not on a rail. And don't get me wrong. I think that this is the only, if this is what we have to accept to get the game out, I'm all for it. 100%. There's just, you know, I, I, because I think I could be happy for a, 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 a period of time with this. But I'm hoping that later on in an expansion pack or whatever, that they evolve space or space combat into something more. Yeah, That's well, all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, the, way I, the way I see this is this is just another mini game within the game. Right. And, that, and that's, yeah. the only, that's, that's the way I've come to accept it. And, uh, and Daniel Erickson said something to the point of... Uh, you know, if you think, to, you know, why would we want to make X-Wing versus TIE Fighter again if X-Wing versus TIE Fighter is already the the most, the best uh, kind of space combat that's out there? And uh, to a point, I understand, because they, they don't want to allocate the resources into remaking that game, uh, which totally makes sense, uh, because they want to concentrate on what they do best. And right, which is a story stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, um, I, I also just what I li- I kind of like the idea of it being a mini game. I I I like when you can just go. You know what? I have ten minutes to play. I'm just going to get on and run a, a space combat mission. I I like that. That is so. That's kind of how I have viewed. Well, that's it. what we need Pazak um, for. <laughs> well, yes, which we could not get Corey Butler to confirm for us, but oh well. All right, have we beaten spot we've, space combat yeah, we've into the ground? Yeah, we beat it to the ground. <laughs> All right. Well, that leads us to um, the inter or the Daniel Erickson interactive drama dialogue is gameplay session that we recorded. It's on our website. Um, we'll have a link to it in our show notes, but it was very informative. It was about an hour long, and I think it's very well worth listening to because it kind of takes you into to how they figure out how this dialogue's going to work and how, you know, you interact and how it's a different sort of writing. So I, I mm-hmm. found it very informative. Um, also up on our site is uh, the interview that we did with Daniel Erickson at PAX on Saturday. So, um yeah, I do it, so that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> if you want to hear me talk an awful lot and and ask Daniel Erickson questions and 
um, yeah, we talk a little about like the origin of the uh, the multiplayer dialogue system and, and stuff like that. Kind of broader topics and not so much things relating to Tor, which uh, could be good or bad. But um, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, go check it out. It's up on the site. I just think yeah, it's, I think it's amazing that you were able to talk more than Daniel Erickson. Oh, <laughs> he's probably not used to that. You could just see him like nodding, his nodding head. for forever. <laughs> he probably thought he was unpunked or something. Yeah. You should get you should get a feat for that. That's, that. That should be a feat in in tour is uh, out talking Daniel Erickson. Oh, An achievement. An achievement. That's right. Um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, oh, and really, you know, it's not like the reveals. What I liked about that is it had a feel of a, like, when you have a DVD extra and they do the behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff. That's what that interview felt like to me, and I really enjoyed listening to him talk about, you know, his early discussions with James Olin when they were developing the yeah, game kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that, that's what I really enjoyed. So, anyway, yes, we will have a link. Uh, well, it's just on our front page. Go there. <laughs> All right, so let's go on. Let's see. So this past Friday was... Um, was a fan Friday, and you know, yeah, usually I'm like, eh, fan Friday, but I have to say that um, there was, and I didn't, Roxanne actually told me to mm-hmm. look up the, the stuff, because I have to admit, I just kind of skipped through it, but what, is it Redding? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, Redding, yeah. he's, I guess he does a lot of kind of digital paintings, and it looks like concept art, it's environments and characters, and he looks fantastic, he looks like he... Like, you know, came from, like, a team where that was, like, his job. Uh, he's definitely my favorite uh, person, probably the most technically skilled person to have posted um, on just the community creations fan art section. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times, it, you know, I judge that art by on the, on the well, it's a lot better than I can do scale. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think his is actually, like, oh, this is really good scale. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, definitely, if you're the kind of person that usually skips over the fan Friday, don't. Go, 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 uh, go look at his stuff. That's really oh, yeah, and cool. check out his um, thread, uh, just in community creations, because he's really, just, like, polite and wonderful and he's posted some process stuff about he, how he makes his paintings and I don't know he answers all questions just in a really nice just kind of conversational way so yeah he's my favorite like person who has been featured so far I, I gotta say I, one, of, one of the things that I'm um, I, I actually went to, to school for graphic art that's what I studied um, mm. and one of the things I really really like about his his artwork is the lighting the lighting of his artwork. A mm. lot of people take a lot of people take in consideration figure. They take in consideration, uh, you know, landscape and that kind of thing. But you know what? The, how to differentiate, in my opinion, how to differentiate somebody who is a good artist from somebody who is a great artist is somebody who factors in lighting and how lighting mm. helps portray a mood of the uh, of the scene. And he doesn't incredible job and I I usually don't talk about this a lot because you know it's usually oh it's art who cares you know you know but this really is he does a really good job of portraying the mood of the situation based uh, just through lighting even if you know even if the like for instance this crate dragon one that I that I'm looking at currently you know even if it was a really crappy crate dragon uh, drawing and a really crappy uh, little drawing of the of the guy in front of him you still have the same mood because of the the bright light that's on the uh, mm. uh, on, on the crate dragon and, and then the other guy ha- uh, hanging out in the 
the shadow. You know, it kind of makes him look smaller even, and the crate dragon look bigger because your eye is drawn right to yeah. the, where the crate dragon is. So I think he, it's just incredible. He did yeah, really, well, really so good we'll, job. we'll definitely put a, sh- a link to his thread in our show notes because to make it easier, easier to find. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so the other part of the Fan Friday was the uh, was the fan site spotlight. Tor Wars was featured. I don't know if you guys have listened to them, but I but I have, and um, I they're kind of, it's, they're kind of funny. They're definitely different than a lot of the podcasts out there. What I think what makes them unique is their host. They kind of have this sort of this retro 1950s game show host sort of feel to them. They have this sort of goofy banter and, you know, and they're just sort of like silly and fun. That's kind of how they're, so they're, they're never, they're never boring to listen to. And, um, and actually I, they tend to pull in stuff from other sources, like other, they talk about other games or other things that, that are sort of are tangentially related to Tor. Um, so I would, you know, if you guys, if anyone is looking for something a little different, um, I, I would recommend, you know, checking them out because, because they're, they're kind of fun. I, I enjoy their energy. Um, and then finally, for the, for the fan Friday part is, are the polls. There must always be polls. <laughs> um, what is your favorite spaceship? The Phantom is winning, of course. That's the Imperial Agent ship. And then the other one was, which forum smileys do you use? And the generic smileys were winning, and Classic and Jawas close behind. So go check those out and vote if you if you uh, feel like having your voice be heard. What, what, what smileys do you guys use? Yeah, I you know what? I always just use the generic ones because oh, they're just right there. That's so I, I like the other ones. <laughs> yeah, it is boring. <laughs> but you know what? I use whatever ones are right there on that panel when I'm posting. <laughs> I don't bother with anything else. I'm the same way. I like the generic um, only because they're right there. If the other ones were right there, I would probably use them more. But I love the classic ones. But they're never there. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I use. I, I'll try to use Java, and every once in a yeah. while I use Ethorian. Yes, the Ethorian <laughs> is probably the one that I that I remember as being really funny. Yeah. <laughs> totally cool. So. Okay, well that leads us to the Studio Insider, which is about cinematic animation done by Andrew Loretta. Um, I don't know what to say about this except, man, he's good. You know, <laughs> all I mean, I love the way that it, if y'all have not taken an opportunity to look at it, go look at it because it, it shows how he has a basic drawing and how he uh, puts motion and captures. Yeah, the motion capture was cool. The little mini videos. It was. There's yeah. lots of little mini Just videos. Just like there. the little really differences cool. between the stuff that came out of the the motion cap- capture data and then what it becomes like at the end was like pretty interesting so yeah it's neat that they they hand tune it so much i guess because there is just like stuff that you notice where they're like yeah the force push like isn't really timed to when the guys fall down (laughs) well if you also i was gonna say if if you also notice he talks about how uh it looks like a couple of the guys are jumping i think it's really great that they have they've actually spent time just in animation and how much time They've actually spent on the animation to make it feel more like more real and more. Yeah, I'd be. I'm interested to know like how much how much quest content is actually going to be motion captured because for like things like 
you know, all the animations in, like, Mass Effect and Dragon Age, a lot of it is just, like, people standing and talking to each other. And obviously, like, some things are motion captured, like, during the kind of cinematic stuff. But, I mean, like, that kind of... That's expensive to do. A lot more expensive than to just, like, have people standing and maybe you hand animate, like, an arm going up. Um, (laughs) So it'd be... I'm really... I've been really, really impressed with all the animations I've seen so far, like, of a... You know, like stock strike and um, all just the uh, the abilities, and it would be great to see more like motion captured and, and hand tuned animation in the game at large. I was really impressed with how good those actors are falling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that looks painful. That's their job. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're on a padded floor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, even a padded floor, I'd probably break something. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the 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 Q, community Q&A uh, for the, this is also the, the March 18th Friday update, was probably the best Q&A that we've had from these, these series. I mean, I felt like most of the questions were really useful or interesting or told us something. Um, it was uh, Jesse Skye who answered them, and they were all about the flashpoints, right? Um, and I don't want to go to over each one, but there were a few that I that I thought were interesting. Um, like the very first one, I feel like the question was, "Will flashpoints? Was it for will will Republican Empire ever meet in these flashpoints?" And I feel like they intentionally misunderstood the question because when I heard that when I read the question, my first thought was, "Remember when they were talking about PVEVP?" Yeah. I guess is that what they would call it? That's what I, that's what I think the person was asking. But then they ended up just answering a slightly different question, which was, I guess, what you have the flashpoints and the Republic will have some objectives, and the and the the Empire might have a different objective in the same area or something like that. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> they didn't answer the question I wanted answered. No, I, you know, <laughs> I, I think though, have, have they mentioned uh, PVEBP? I think they've said that. PvP is going to be separate from PvE. I think they've said that before. I'd have to look it up, though, to find out exactly um, where they've said that. You mean, like, since they mentioned PvEVP? Yeah, <laughs> no, like, when, 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 they, when they talked about PvP, I, I'm pretty darn sure, I have to look that up, but I'm pretty darn sure that they've said that um, as of now, as of launch, that there's PvE and then there's PvP. There's PvP. Whereas, you know, PvP has you know, PvE kind of objectives, it mm-hmm. is definitely a separate thing from, from PvE. Okay. No, right. I don't well, know. I, I have I to can... look that up again, but I'm pretty yeah, sure that I haven't... said that. Oh, I'm still, like, clinging to this hope that you'll have, that you, there will be, that they'll be mixed, because I thought that sounded really cool, but you, they haven't mentioned it but that I, I've I th- heard of I recently. think, though, that, that, the PV, that PvP will definitely have some really cool um, objectives that are going to feel very PVE in a sense, you know, where yeah, yeah. So yes. I really, I really think that it's that uh, that they will do a, a nice mix there from just from talking to the guys and kind of it, it's more of a feeling. I don't have anything to really base it off of, like they've actually said <laughs> something, uh, but it's more of a feeling that I've got from talking to some of the people. Right. Okay. Um, they uh, one of the questions was also about in- the idea of introducing introducing side missions, or per- which perhaps only a specific class will be required um, to initiate or complete. And they, it's interesting because they said, "Yeah, we would like they like that idea essentially," but they're not really sure. I guess they're not really sure if they can make it work because, yeah, it was going to be the kind of thing where 
damn it, we didn't bring a smuggler. <laughs> now we can't do the whole West Wing of this instance. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so it'll be, uh, we'll have to wait and see how, how that goes when, when we learn more about it. Um, I think they also, well, we loot distribution is neat or great. They have commendations to buy gear. Um, and... Oh, the class roles. They, someone asked how the class roles worked in flashpoints, and I and I guess what they were getting at is maybe the the traditional what tank healer roles, and um, and I think didn't the wasn't the answer that the the boss fights are going to probably require those traditional roles, but that the other sections are are less rigid. So I guess what that means is, you know, and the other like. Well, and, and actually, I feel like in our, the Terrell Five experience did did bear this out because Roxanne, didn't you feel? And Larry, I guess you played this too. Like the, yeah. all the stuff leading up to the boss fight, it was pretty loose, and people were just kind of doing. You, I felt like you could just. It it was not so much you have to heal only and you have to tank only that kind of thing. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt yeah. like we were all doing DPS. Yeah. Well, there, there was a few instances where I felt like I had to definitely heal and, and there was there was a couple of times where I I, I had to uh, scream at the guy next to me pull that pull the mob off me or whatever oh, really? because <laughs> I was I was losing energy really fast and I couldn't heal myself fast enough and I was taking the aggro so um, but in right, general right. in general though I think well this this uh, this also goes back to the whole idea that we are we are supposed to feel heroic and even mm-hmm. as even as a healer we should feel heroic, you know. Uh, so if we're, you know, if we're sitting back there just, you know, spamming heals all the time, that you know, and not attacking anything, that, that you know, that does lose its heroic feel after a while. You know, about the hundredth or right. so mob that you're doing this on, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, so let's see. So were you the smuggler? You were, were you the healer in that in Terrell Five? Or yes. Yes, I will. So let me ask you, because someone actually asked this in our forums about the healing animation, and Musco on Torocast could not <laughs> stop making fun of it. <laughs> so what did you think of the, of the healing animation? I, yeah, I'm not sure what I think of it. Uh, I, I, it's, it, it's a little weak, in, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it's a little weak, um, because it, it, I don't know what he's doing. I think that's what really, really what it boils down to, is I can't tell what mm-hmm. he's doing. Is he pointing his finger at him going, you know, kind of like the E.T. move. What is he actually doing? Because this little green beam, this really, it's really a light green beam comes out of his <laughs> fingers as he's pointing. Uh, okay, I'm, also wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it coming, is it emanating from, it, you're, it's not coming out of your gun or anything like that, it's just I, like coming out of your well, hand, it, essentially? It's not his gun, it's not, I don't know what, it, he, he's obviously <laughs> holding something. I don't know what it is, though, it's it's really tiny that he's holding. <laughs> you know, it looks like, it looks like a Star Trek phaser, you know, the little phasers that mm, you don't really mm-hmm. see, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. really small or whatever, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, the other the phasers to heal. That's <laughs> yes, your That's right. I don't. Band-aids. I don't know what it is. I, I and you know what? To be honest, it's really, really hard when you don't have. Um, a, 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 the counselor healing is is really easy because you know it's the force. So you know you do the whole you know these are not the droids you're looking for kind of thing, and that's the heal for the for the counselor. But for somebody that's using technology, I mean, what do you? 
mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, really? I mean, that's a that's a good question. You know, so hopefully they're still playing around with it, and they realize that they, <laughs> that no ET is not the way to go when you <laughs> when you're going for animations. For yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, there are a bunch more questions which we're not going to go over, but but the, that of all the community Q and A's, I really feel like this is the the has been the most informative one. So I would recommend people go back and look for that. Look at that. Absolutely. Well, and that leads us to our little quick mentions. Um, one of them is Damien Schubert's GDC talk on the solo gamer. Um, that's a very informative article. Um, I suggest that you go and read it, and we have a link to that in our show notes. Also, yeah, well, if I can, if I can make sure, a, a quick point on that, um, that is, that's actually it's a really incredible article. In fact, it it sparked. Personally, uh, it sparked me into asking a whole bunch of devs a whole bunch of questions, not just Tor. Not, uh, I, I talked to Guild Wars guys. I talked to uh, um, Turbine people. I talked to uh, Paragon Studios who makes City of Heroes. Uh, I talked to a bunch of bunch of people at, at PAX because of Damien Schubert's um, solo, the solo gamer thing uh, speech that he made at GDC. I, and, and I started... It started a whole bunch of questions that I had to ask, and I'm gonna, I'm going to, hopefully next week I'll get this article out um, on at Massively where I talk about what makes up an MMO and how are we, why, how, how are games encouraging the the MMO genre, and so mm-hmm. I, I talked to a bunch oh, of, cool. I, I talked to a bunch of uh, uh, different developers about it uh, from all sorts of aspects of the game, including Tor. Uh, so yes. Cool. I mean that's yes. awesome. Oh, I look forward to yeah. that. Yeah, that's a that's a topic that I am really interested in. So cool. Alrighty, and then the next one is confirm that the Miraluka can be um, both Jedi of the Counselors. both of the, the Jedi Counselor and the Jedi Knight, um, and that um, Damien Schubert also uh, wrote up that there is no friendly fire. Hooray! <laughs> Which means you cannot attack people <laughs> of your same faction. Carla has lots of enemies, apparently, <laughs> that she wants to take care no, of. No, but has, have you <laughs> ever found that one person that just annoyed the <laughs> crap out of you? That you said, you know, I really wish he was the opposing faction so I could take him out. It would I annoy mean, tell me, me I answered that honestly. It Have would annoy me a lot more if that person who I hated could, like, physically harm me. Because <laughs> I'm sure that, like, I would find all the people who just annoyed me less annoying. And then, like, my new, like, group of annoyers would be the guys who ran around and griefed me all the time. I'd be like, wow, I'm getting ganked by my own side. This is fantastic. Yeah, without friendly fire, how is Zach Brown going to people? That's what I want to know. Who would Zach... want to pick on Zach Brown? <laughs> That's what he does in Battlefield. How... <laughs> like... Oh, yeah. How are we... How is Bob Costas going to go around <laughs> and cause problems? That's what I want to know. No friendly fire. Zach, you have to be creative about your griefing in tour now. And so we can't we even hire a bounty hunter, you know? I mean, I if we could hire a bounty hunter, that'd be different. But no, now we have no friendly fire and no bounty hunters. <laughs> are we Are we actually upset about the no friendly fire thing? Is that like something that... <laughs> I really wish it was part of the game. <laughs> I, I, I do to I do to an extent because I, I was one I was one of those guys uh, in in like role 
play and that kind of thing whenever, whenever uh, somebody threw a grenade in a cantina <laughs> and it didn't hurt anybody else except the person that they were targeting. I mean, really? Yes. Come on. You just threw a grenade into a large group of people. It's going to hurt somebody else. But, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. And then we have a dev tracker, uh, which is awesome. Stephen Reed. You're my hero, okay? He called someone out uh, for pretending that they met him. That was awesome. That was awesome. That awesome. Was, that was totally awesome. Let's read his name. His name was Astraeus. <laughs> I wasn't going to name him, but okay. <laughs> no, he goes, oh, I was talking with Stephen Reed at Morton's Steakhouse. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then Stephen Reed is like, uh, no, that never happened. Yeah, what was really, what <laughs> was really funny is that uh, probably about the time that that was posted, I was I was uh, in the uh, in the com- convention center watching Stephen Reed, you know, <laughs> people around, which is hilarious because that's exactly where uh, where he was at the time. Yeah, I just cannot him. believe how people are so gullible to believe that he would not be called out on that. Oh I yeah! Well, oh, it was awesome. They probably don't. They probably. That's don't one of those people so I wish posts. Friendly Fire was at for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blow him up in the game. Okay. Well, we have had such a wonderful session. That's a wrap for the biggest tour news. Sin. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi. Last time we found out that Roxanne might take the bigger table temporarily, but would justify it by buying cookies. And we also found out that Kathy simmers with self-righteous anger when she sees people being inconsiderate. And Carla might be a table hog, but only in the best possible way. She wants to create situations where she can make new friends. <laughs> so our scores stand at Carla, negative 7, Kathy, positive 8, and Roxanne, 0. Remember that negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. All right, are you guys ready for your Sith or Jedi challenge? Yep. This is the test that we used at PAC, so I thought we would just use it again for, for us. It's the test of the elevator door. You are late for an appointment and rush to the elevator and push the call button. After what seems like an interminable amount of time, the doors finally open. You step inside and hit the floor button. Several seconds pass and out of the corner of your eye you see someone hurrying toward you, clearly trying to catch the elevator. What do you do? One. Push the open door button and maybe even hold the doors open with your hand to make sure the person makes it. Two, avoid eye contact, pretend to start texting. Or three, surreptitiously start mashing the closed door button. Okay, Larry, how about you? What is your response in the Sith or Jedi test? Uh, I always, I, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm the nice guy. I always leave the door, uh, open up the door, hold the door open for the elevator. Because it always ticks me off whenever the doors close. And whenever you don't make it. Yeah. So <laughs> That's good. You're living by the golden rule. All right. I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you will score uh, a plus one. You have chosen the light side. You're already late and waiting a few more seconds to let the other person on. Isn't that big a deal? <laughs> okay. How about you, Carla? I've done it so many times that it's unreal. 
I gotta go light side with this one because I would want someone to do that for me. And I cannot tell you how many times I've actually stood in the elevator path so the doors won't close mm -hmm. when I see somebody running that direction. But I so wanted to do Daniel Erickson's version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just as the door closed, smile. You know, I want to do that one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It, it's Just funny. once. <laughs> but no, I have to take the light side. On this All right. One. Well, then you will unfortunately score a positive point this 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 week. Um, yeah, Roxanne, tell tell the story of what Daniel Erickson said. Oh, so we asked for all of the interviews that we did at PAX. We asked this question of um, all the devs, and like he listened to all of them, and he said like, "Well, I'll always stop the door." And then he was like, "But really, you know, your synth option is written incorrectly," <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to to rewrite it, where he said like, "This guy isn't going to jam on the button because it doesn't help him. Um, what he's going to do is like." Right as the door closes, look up and smile at the person who's missing the elevator. <laughs> I like, that's pretty awesome. I like that. All right. So, I thought that was so yeah. awesome. Uh, oh, well. And Roxanne, what would you do? Um, I would also uh, hit, the, hit the button to keep the door open, especially if um, they were, they caught your eye and we're going to, and we're making or trying to make it just because like the chance that they they do make it and then you're stuck in a small space with them it would be like way <laughs> too awkward <laughs> because if you had like not done anything or tried actively to get the, the doors to close but it's funny because um we asked this question to i don't know maybe like about 20 people more people more people than have ever taken any single sith or jedi and everyone has answered light side so like i don't know what there that means one, there was one that didn't answer from uh was it atos from uh Gen jedi? what's that guild Gen jedi. Gen jedi i think he was the only one that didn't answer light so no no, no. <laughs> he kind of did though because he said that like he would hit the door, or he would try to open the door unless they gave him like a nasty look, and then he would be like, "Oh, right. for you." Okay. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's Zach, good. Well, we know that Zach Brown, if he had the if he had a name tag that said Bob Costas on there, he would <laughs> shut the door as fast as he could <laughs> and still smile. And still smile. <laughs> Uh, All right. The idea what of evil you, Zach Brown. That's yeah. like just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely hold the door just because that's you know. That, and I'm with you, Carla. I, I hope that people will do the same for me someday. It just seems too mean to let it close in their face. Also, yeah, Roxanne, it's, isn't that an Ellen DeGeneres thing? <laughs> it's like you, when you the person I would... makes it. You didn't think I'd make it. Did well, you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, we're all. It's good. It's good to know that we all have good elevator manners. Exactly. <laughs> well, you can read all the past Sith or Jedi tests on our site at CorellianRun.com. Keep score and see which way you lean. All right, that sound means it's time for our community buzz, where we take a look at the things that fans are talking about. The first thing that comes up is companions in flashpoints, in-game, or war zones. It appears that we have been notified by, who was it, Daniel Erickson, that said there's not going to be companions allowed in war zones. James Olin. James Olin. Then James Olin says we're leaning towards not allowing them mm -hmm. in flashpoints and in game. So what do you think? 
Yeah, I I totally understand why they would lean against it. And I think Georg Zoller has had had a couple of posts about that, and um, and he one of the reasons he said it was difficult to have companions is because you don't want it, especially in something like a PvP situation or maybe a boss fight uh, in a raid. You don't want to have the situation where you might fail because your companion's AI was screwy. So I, I, I can understand why why they are thinking of doing that. And he also, in a different post, Garrick Zoller said, but we haven't decided for sure yet. So it's still kind of a up-in-the-air thing, which which accounts for what? In when the one yes we got at a Corey Butler was <laughs> to companions and flashpoints. In flashpoints. Yeah, and that's kind of confused people. I was like, wait. So I think that's definitely an issue that is you know, in flux right being now. Being hashed out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like it. Yeah. You don't what, like which part? that they're not being allowed in or that they're not being allowed in here. They have <laughs> all this time for almost a year been throwing companions down our throats, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak, because now I'm just really sold on the idea of companions. And I was one, you know, I, I really wasn't too sure about companions and thinking that I'd, wasn't going to like them too much but the more they've talked about them and the more that they've incorporated them and said that they're going to do this with you they're going to do that it's like an extension of you they're going to be with you well someone will probably be with you most of the time Mm -hmm. you know um to now say we changed our mind come on (laughs) well the part that makes me nervous about it is that remember like way back when they had always said that the rationale between having the companions was so that you didn't have to do like the hard trinity thing so maybe that like if you didn't have a healer for your flashpoint you could be like well everyone just bring their their healing companion and now they're like well it's like too complicated to have them in the flashpoints does that mean we're back to being like you must have a healer you must have a tank but yeah. if you notice, that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. They've all they've they've said, and go, go a prime example is um, the instance that that you guys experienced at PAX. You had to have a healing character. You had to have a tank, and you had to have an all. I mean, the Trinity is clearly there, and I thought that we were trying to get away from all of that, and I thought that. By bringing in the companions, at least this is how it was explained early on, and now we're saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, that made me sad, too, because I really like the idea of we don't have to get a healer if we're trying mm-hmm. to get a group together. Um, as, and I understand what, what Georg Zoller is saying, but but yeah i was like oh they're backtracking on that and now, yeah, i can now I, I can see it. i can definitely see though both sides of the fence i'm mm-hmm. for i mean for one it's it, it would be awesome if i'm if i don't have to uh you know spam in in global chat looking for healer you know i don't <laughs> hey, it'd be awesome if i didn't have to do that because you know what i can pull this guy right over here he's sitting in my ship not doing anything you know crafting and so now i can pull him off and uh and go uh, do a flashpoint with them. I mean, that's that's really really great. Although I understand also at the same time, you know, um, you are making it into a pet class, and so therefore, it, it uh, if the AI isn't right, you know, oh they're going to, you know, I can just imagine, you know, doing wow, oh they're stepping in the green stuff, get them out, get them out, oh he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know, uh, so yeah, I can I can see both sides of it. It's gonna it'd be really really tough because not everybody plays a pet class really well, and there's also a lot of 
AI restrictions with pet classes that you gotta you gotta keep uh, keep in mind that require extra programming and and also extra. I mean, because you you you, t- you suddenly become whenever you bring a uh, a companion along, you suddenly become a different kind of class. You're not just a you know you're not just a tank. You're a tank with a with a DPS pet or you know that kind of yeah. thing. So there's there's a total mm-hmm. there's a total different uh, a group dynamic uh, that right and involved. and. In a different way that you play, you know. Right, I mean, exactly. Just for, yeah. yeah. So it. Yeah. But every but hunters in in WoW learn to play with their pets and learn what not to do and when to put them on passive and when to put them on defensive and, you know, what to do and how to do it. I mean, you learn that by playing it early on and because we're acquiring our companions earlier, you know, I don't know how early we acquire our first companion, but. You're learning to play the game with that companion. Now, all of a sudden, we decide to go to an instance, or we try to do in-game, or we try to do PvP, and all of a sudden we can't use them? It's like, then why even put them there? Right, so you're saying they figured out how to do it in WoW, why can't they figure out how to do it in Tor? Exactly! I mean, other games have learned how to make the AIs for... You know, pets, if they're wanting to call our companions a pet, of course they can't I think they don't want to. The same one. Yeah. Yeah, well, because they said I... that, like, because so sorry for the, for the way that like pets work in WoW, it's that you um you have to micromanage them, and that's the why hunters are like good at controlling pets because they understand that as a mechanic. And I think I've always said that uh, companions aren't pets, and you, we don't want you to have to micromanage them. And if you brought them along in a raid, you would have to micromanage them. So it would just be like it's because the rationale that uh, through doing questing content you were learning how to control your companion isn't exactly true because I think in Bioware's like dream world you don't have to touch them at all <laughs> they're just like hanging out with you and they're totally like autonomous you know I, I, so like go ahead sorry I, I go was on. gonna say I, I I talked to Corey this is actually one of the questions that I actually got Corey Butler to to expound upon because uh, we talked about companions in general and how they would how they would act and uh, I compared it to Mass Effect versus Dragon Age uh, Dragon Age you can go from companion to companion and control right. exactly how they do and what what they're doing and e- even to the point of you know are they acting as a healer are they acting as a as a tank or whatever I, I forget the actual right with like tactics and yeah, stuff yeah, right? right exactly yeah. uh, and I said now are we talking with with the tour uh Tor companions, are we talking about are we talking about Mass Effect kind of companions that you have where you don't you just kinda tell them, uh, kinda go here if you want, or you know, just kinda do your thing while you're back there, or or are we talking about more of a, uh, micromanaging like you do mm-hmm. in Dragon Age? And he said that it was definitely leaning towards Mass Effect. Awesome. Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I just really find the whole thing, you know. They, they they wanted us to buy into this companion stuff, which I really wasn't sure about when they first said that this is, you know, you're going to have companions that you acquire along the way. I was like, oh, great. You know, I mean, because I don't want to tab through and do like Dragon Age to where you have to control this and control that. I didn't want to have to do that. But then the, when they were explaining it and saying that they were kind of intuitive and you know, they'll do their own thing. I thought, okay, well, now that could be kind of cool. And now all of a sudden they're, like, changing. And I'm like, I know that things are going to change before the game is actually released, and I'm really okay with that. But I feel like we 
or sold something. <laughs> and, you know, Which and is I'm why like, they I never get... like to reveal anything before. I know, really. but I feel like I got all excited about having companions and all the things that they can do. Well, from collecting things, you know, for crafting or mm -hmm. whatever. Why can't they teach them as a skill? Why can't you make your pet or companion trainable in a specific uh, uh, field like healing if it's if it's a if it's going to be your healer train it to be a healer and that way it's automatic let it be automatic but you have to spend your points for that particular hmm. companion i think that uh at this state in in game development that we can assume that for any like major decision that were they they're making about stuff like this that it's coming out of game testing so obviously uh, to me at least they're they're this is coming from having lots of people do the flashpoints yeah. with companions and for some reason or another it's just really not working out so they have to kind of make a blanket decision because they can't have like well you can have your companions or you can't because that's going to be a really big balance thing if you're going to have you know four extra like things but doing you have dps to ask or not yourself, why are people in game testing complaining about that is it because it's not they're not set up correctly you know in other words if they were set up in a different way would people still feel the same way about them well, I'm sure they've tried all different kinds of ways, you know. I mean, that's yeah. what game testing is well, for. He, uh, James Olin did say that. Um, well, this is this is the reason why hunters aren't very popular in, in, with their pets and WoW raids. And to be honest, they're not. It's it's very <laughs> they they aren't they people. And I know I know from my experience <laughs> with with MMOs that people don't like to have uh, raid leaders and 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 and. You know, instance leaders don't like to have hunters or or pet classes in in their raids because they're hard to control. They are really hard to you know. Some there will be a pet that'll run off and go aggro a whole <laughs> bunch of people and oh crap, I didn't mean to do that. Well, too bad. It's already too late. We're all white. <laughs> We're dead. Sorry. I'm and, laughing because I have like a, I have like a highlights reel of like best of <laughs> times that like hunter pets have like destroyed things and wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Do you think the um, like, do you think the decision to introduce a third healing class kind of goes in hand in hand with their, their the, when they were started thinking of like maybe we don't want companions in in the raids? Do you think that was sort of like the genesis thing that came together because they realized, well, we're not gonna maybe we aren't gonna have like the we aren't gonna be able to do the thing with the companions being the healer, and so now maybe we have to get more classes to have healing abilities. Why not just have if you're trying to get away from the Trinity? Why not just have every class have a healing ability <laughs> and they heal their own damn self? <laughs> why not make Welcome them invulnerable so they never take damage? Why not? We just won't have damage anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, uh, actually, there there are a couple games like Guild Wars Two, for instance, that is stepping away from the having a healer healing class. Because, is that the only mm -hmm. way to get away from the Trinity? <laughs> just like don't have healers. Well, I mean that's that's just an example. I mean, t to be honest, uh, that. But I, I still think I mean even even games that aren't going to have the classic healer, they're still going to have they're still going to have in some 
warped sense have the Trinity? You're still going to have somebody that's going to take the brunt of the damage. That's going, you know, that's going to be the tank or whatever. You're still going to have if they're not healing, they're at least buffing other people so that they can either absorb damage or do more damage. Or but it won't be companions. It won't be companions. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Well, it, it, the way things are going, anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's still not for sure, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Isn't no, it? we're still not for sure. Yeah. But I think we see the handwriting on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there's also a poll on the forums that are pretty evenly divided about those who want and those who don't want companions and flashpoints, and there was about 1,500 people that voted. There will be a link to that also in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So are you guys, like, pretty happy with the way the game is standing right now, or...? Did you learn anything from PAX that made you feel that maybe changed your mind about about a certain issue or whatever? <laughs> Did it change my <laughs> mind about a certain issue? Yeah, well, um, like you know, space combat or you know anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you, like yeah, any of the stuff that we learned? Do you, did you feel like oh, okay now I'm not worried about this anymore, or now I'm really worried about something else? I, I don't think I don't think it's really changed my mind about anything. I, other than why don't they have a release date yet? Because this game is pretty <laughs> near, darn near done. I mean, everything yeah. that, everything I saw about it was... I mean, if everything in the game looks like Terrell 5 or the uh, you know the Origin Worlds, the way they look now, if everything looks like that, this game is close. I mean, really, really close. Because they could, they could seriously release what Terrell 5 is. Seriously. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It looks great. Yeah, it looked pretty nice to me, too. Yeah, nothing has changed my mind. I mean, my combat, I mean, my um, comments on on space combat is the same. I was just getting used to the, the whole thing, and I, you know, I can live with what the, the way it is, um, but I just keep hoping that it will improve. But I was very disappointed about this whole companion thing, because, like I said, I was not sold on companions when they initially put it out, and it kind of had to grow on me. And now that it grew on me, I'm just like, now I feel bummed <laughs> that they're not more, you know, not going to be a more vital part of our gameplay. Because I saw them, and maybe it was just my perception, as an extension of myself. Right. Yeah. And Roxanne, you you um, actually came away from the Terrell 5 with, like, a really, like, really excited oh. about the idea of playing a group, didn't you? Yeah. My, my weird, like... Uh, like rating epiphany <laughs> are we talking about that or... yes yes oh well just because i'm i think everyone knows but i'm like a really i love mass effect and dragon age and i'm really big into the the, the bioware single player experiences and i like you know when people cry on the forums about endgame i just kind of roll my eyes and i'm like whatever like that's not what this game's gonna be about <laughs> because like <laughs> bioware's gonna take care of like you know, Mass Effect fans first, which is a crazy thing to think <laughs> now that I look back. But, you know, having played, um, being at PAX and, and playing Terrell 5 and because and, I don't, I haven't really raided ever. Uh, and being able to take down the bosses and just the sense of accomplishment and the adrenaline rush. I was like, this is like ridiculously fun. I could totally become like addicted to this. And then... Um, also, just like hanging out with a lot of the fan site people and, and talking on like the mega cast and stuff, and realizing like how 
I just kind of remember feeling like a little outclassed and, and feeling like I really wish that I knew more about just like traditional MMO rating because it's a lot, you know, that rabbit hole goes a lot deeper than I ever thought it did. And I was just really impressed with um, Terrell 5 and the experience that we had at PAX. So in the future, I guess I'm going to be paying a little more attention to, you know, uh, like uh, kind of minimal uh, game mechanics type stuff. And um, in addition to like the story things. So All right. Well, so that's great. You're like the perfect Bioware I know, I'm a player. case study. Yeah. What is going <laughs> on? audience, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that isn't in MMOs, but now suddenly thinks she might get into them. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the, the other thing will happen too, where there's people who are really into rating and, and kind of get taken in by, like, you know, the, the multiplayer dialogue system mm-hmm. and, and all the voice acting and things. So yeah. that would be, I think that's their best case scenario, where they're kind of able to fuse all these communities. Right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I agree. I think that is starting to happen a little bit on the other end too. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, is that about it for everything that we can think of? I then think so. let's move on to our thanks first to Larry Everett uh, for appearing on our show. It's been really fun talking to you. I think we could have gone on for a couple more hours. We, we <laughs> I already had some people coming in. Are you done yet? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we're on a time schedule. <laughs> if you let them out of their cage. <laughs> um, and let's see. Thanks also to. I just want to say we didn't say this, but thanks to Stephen Reed and especially David Bass, who for making our first convention experience very, very positive. Um, and to mm-hmm. all the Bioware people who made themselves so available to the fans during the convention, they were they were terrific. Um, special thanks to the four people we interviewed: Corey Butler, uh, Daniel Erickson. Hall Hood and James Olin for letting us for letting us talk to them for a while and then finally thanks to Moss Eisley Radio for hosting that multicast which if you haven't heard it you can go to Moss Eisley Radio and you'll get the the podcast with a ton of different fan sites which I won't list right now but it's definitely worth a listen. It was awesome. And thanks to Zach Brown for giving us something to talk about when we talk about grief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to add that to the show notes. There you go. Okay, you can also contact us through our website at CorellianRun.com, and there's a link to Twitter and Facebook in the upper right-hand corner, or you can leave a voice message at 281-766-4511, or also click the Google Voice button on our website. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Zoom, and we would like to say a special thank you to Lance Bumgard and Hannah Jacobs and Cornbread Christ for leaving such a fantastic review on iTunes. And Larry, would you please give us your contact information? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Massively.com. I write the Hyperspace Beacon as well as I do a live stream for DCUL. Uh, you can uh, reach me on Twitter at Shadow, which is S H A D D O E. And uh, my email address, Larry at Massively. If you want to contact me there, I try to respond to everything <laughs> I can. Perfect. Well, thank you again for joining us. We we really do appreciate it. Um, that wraps it up for us here at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for turning in. We'll see you again soon. Until next time, I'm Carla. I'm Kathy. And I'm Roxanne. May the force be with you. And may you always catch the elevator before the doors close. You have been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Carla say... No friendly fire? I want to fire on idiots. I don't care what side they're on.
and transmission. transmission.